Welcome back to BTSC. My name is BAD with Shannon White and Tony D. And it is one of those days where, hey, we're loving life because the Steelers won, but we're lamenting life because the Steelers were not pretty doing it. So back to the first half, all I'm going to say is the Steelers are going to win some games ugly. They're going to be, you're not going to see them win a game that is decided in the third quarter and we could all relax. Nobody that's at that stadium, if it's at Heinz Field, is going to be able to leave early. That's just that's just what happens with this team. And it's gone back to last year. We saw this a good bit last year, even when they started out at 11-0. And then you got to the point where they were struggling at the end. They had to win that game against the Indianapolis Colts at home. We're really looking bad in the first half and came back in the second half and won it. And that's what they've done all seven times they've won. I was at the tie against the Detroit Lions. They actually started off well in that game and then fell flat. And so, man, I, I got to tell you, I, I I wish it would have been the other way around and they found a way to muster it up. But it's Ben Roethlisberger is the guy that rallies them back. And I made this comment earlier on in the show that the Steelers are one of the best teams with two minutes to go in that two-minute drill because of Ben Roethlisberger. Do you really think, without Ben Roethlisberger, do you shudder to think what this record would be? Would we be talking about a very high draft pick, Tony Duffio? Absolutely. I mean, it's. I mean, we don't. Dwayne Haskins. We we you know the, the sample size is obviously incredibly small, and it's and it's contained to the uh, preseason. But we know uh, Mason Rudolph is. You know, he's a backup quarterback. So you know, yeah. If they're with this offense the way it is right now and, and, and the lack of overall uh, playmakers, at least uh, uh, rounded, you know, playmakers that have rounded into something and an offensive line that's so young and inexperienced with anybody else on this roster besides Ben as quarterback, uh, it would be, it would be pretty ugly. We'd be talking about is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. And we talk about that enough as it is. (laughs) Shannon White. Your thoughts? No Ben, no luck. No Ben, no chance. The, the how what is it? Five game winning drives this year, uh, or in the fourth quarter, or something like that. Uh, he was tied with for the league lead. Well, that's seven victories. So, uh, I think one of the things is what we're missing is the parity in the league. I think is is from the COVID protocol and, and the impact of COVID and with the salary cap being reduced every year, there's so many teams that make wise decisions in free agency and, and retaining their players and um, that stay, you know, the stores have been really good at that. They're always up against the cap because they're, they keep their guys. Well, they lost more guys than they normally do because the, Salary cap went down. Now they're saying it's going to go back up. I think it's two hundred eight million next year. Yes. And you know, if and somebody like me right now, does... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Right now, capologist no. of BTSC, Dave Schofield, is projecting about forty three million dollars right now with the Steelers over the cap. Yeah. And I think part of that's been you know because he's not signed into next year. So regardless of what happens. They're going to have money that they haven't had in the in the past, which 
but I think that because of that, a lot of these teams were all in the same boat and it has created disparity to where every team has a glaring weakness somewhere. And, uh, and then the teams that, that don't have developed that due to the COVID issues and the injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why we're having so much parity right now. But I think that, that Ben has been the one consistent because he's had to play behind arguably the worst line he's had since early in the 2000s. Uh, and even at his age and everything. So I think he's done an admirable job to keep them in games. It's not in Ben's nature. I think he's got seven interceptions. Um, that's I believe. 19. I think it's 19 and seven. It might be 19 and six, but he's really tried to protect the ball because he realizes how important that is. You know, the Titans turned it over four times. Steelers didn't turn it over any and they barely won. So, hmm. Uh, that he's he's went out of his gunslinger mode and into you know 39 year old game manager mode so yeah I, I give him a lot of credit for being able to as an old dog to learn a few new tricks Tony so let's look at this right here you've got the Steelers right now at a situation where they've got three games to go. Pretty much if they win all three games, they're in the playoffs. Uh, I would probably think that unless unless you don't get any help with uh, the Colts and the Chargers, because those are – the Colts are a real tough team right now, by the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. along with the Chiefs, I think the Colts and the Chiefs are probably the most dangerous in the AFC. But there is a logjam up there. The Steelers are at number nine. If they win out, and I'm not suggesting that they are going to win out, but – if they went out, they're good. So is this just an opportunity where you just say, look, 2022 does not start until the Steelers have that final loss in January. That's how I always look at it. I, I, I'm always uh, holding out hope, even, even though I'm pretty objective and in my uh, critique of the team and, and pre- pretty realistic. I, the, the, the fan in me always wants them to make the playoffs and, and it, it, as I said on, on, on Friday, you always have, when, when you're in the playoffs, when your team's in the playoffs, it, it gives you a reason to have hope. And, you know, if they, if they win a playoff game, then that could stay with you for decades. We've, we've seen that with Denver and that, you know, the Oilers win, you know, that's been decades and we're still talking about those wins. So the, the immaculate reception, they didn't win a Super Bowl that year. People forget. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't worry about draft picks. I don't worry about free agency. I don't worry about any of that stuff until the season is finally over and I see all the mock drafts start popping up. I, to me, I want to see, I want to see them fight tooth and nail and, uh, and make the playoffs because you you can talk about drafts, draft positioning all you want. It it guarantees nothing as we know. Absolutely. I'm going to bring this up just for fun here too. And it's Brian Brown, great friend of the show here. Bad, I like your shirt, but please don't wear that color anymore this week. Tony, Shannon, what color shirt am I wearing? Red. Shannon, does it look red or orange to you? I'm, on my computer, it looks like brown's orange. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of looking like brown's orange on my computer. But I promise you. 
you that this is a red shirt. It's Christmas time. And I was wearing red. I had my Santa hat on today. And I don't even know where that is right now. But uh, I promised you that this is a red shirt. And I would never, especially with the Browns playing, I would not be wearing an orange shirt. So the way it's coming through, it is, I swear it's red. Now, back in the day, they didn't have to do it. But when when they when they filmed sitcoms, if you wanted to, if you wanted to have a blue shirt, if you wanted it to come out blue, they would wear purple to the filming and it would actually come blue like in the late seventies, early eighties. That's exactly what they would do. Why? Um, but the, uh, because that's the way it, the, the purple would show up as blue, uh, I guess on the videotape live in front of a studio audience. I, I remember um, hearing about that on an episode of like facts of life and Blair was wearing a, a uh, purple shirt that came out blue. So there you are now. Um, so I guess where I'm getting where I'm getting the uh, the flack is that I'm wearing red for Kansas City too. So there you go. <laughs> I think I think uh, Santa red. The, yeah, that fat man is more important than the fat man that wears red in Kansas City. Andy Reid. And I'm a fat man saying it. So I mean, I I'm not I am not belly shaming anybody because I've got one too. But Let's get back to the Steelers here, as uh, as we get up, get off of the subject here a little bit. But it's it's always fun because that's what we do on the Hangover. You know, this is this is probably the way this is probably the way the Steelers are designing this. Because Jeff Hartman said way back at the beginning of the season, and it's something that I really. <laughs> Michael O'Malley says it's called a dad body now, bad. That's really funny. Um, but Jeff Hartman said, this is, don't, it's going to be an up and down season. This It's going to be a roller coaster ride for this team. And that's kind of the way that they're set up. I'm not saying, I, I know I just said it's by design, but this is kind of the following the script that uh, everybody expected at the beginning. And you expected them there's some people that expected them to be uh, seven and 10 and out of it. And they, they could still finish under 500, but they are doing what they need to win. And could, could we really sleep on that? Because it doesn't matter if, if you find the treasure, how you find, found the tre treasure just mat matters that you found the treasure and that's it. And that's where the whole Mr. 2 AM joke came out. Uh, so here's my question to you guys, and this is this is a big one. Does it matter what happens in the playoffs right now? Do you, doesn't it just matter getting in? Do you do you have a problem with this team? Would you rather this team not get in because to spare you the disappointment of losing the playoffs, or get in and see what happens? Tony, I'll start with you. Oh. Get in and see what happens. I mean, that's like I said a few minutes ago. There's nothing more exciting than than looking forward to a, an NFL playoff game. That whole week, you know, you just you just get to talk about that game, write about that game, look forward to that game, dream about the possibilities, uh, you fantasize about uh, an exciting win, and then if they win a game, then 
it just makes it even more exciting that following week. So get in and see what happens. Last year they were 11 and 0 and they, they kind of imploded down the stretch and they lost to a team that was COVID compromised, didn't even have their coach, you know, so anything can happen once you get in. And I know it's cliched, but get in and, and, and see what happens. I'd love to see them turn a the tide on somebody and knock out a higher seed this time around and have them uh, worry about that off season. Shannon with other teams struggling right now too. And I know we've got to be myopic because it's the Steelers that are struggling, but still winning. And we are closest to this team. So we know they're, we uh, are worried about the future with it, but can you, you see a scenario where they can go and make waves in the playoffs if they just get in? Yeah, they, the value of that pre that postseason experience. How many teams make it? They rebuild. They get in their first year in the playoffs, and then they win the Super Bowl. I think it's way more common that a team gets in, maybe goes around, loses or, or two, and then they come back. They know what it takes. They they've experienced it. They know what they need to work on in the off season, and they progress that next year. Um, the, the, if they could just get in the playoffs and and give a respectable effort, not the effort that disaster that first half last year against the Browns, but give a respectable effort. Um, the the benefit to me for what it does to the culture and the experience it gives the young guys far outweighs uh, a few draft positions. You know, picking twenty. Uh, picking 15th or 16th instead of 21st or 22nd. Um, yeah, I, I see you always strive for the playoffs because especially in a year like this, you never know. Uh, what if you get in the playoffs and you play somebody like Tennessee and they turn the ball over four times? Yep. You, you just don't know. That's why you, you get in and then a lot of times the magic happens and, you know, you got to stick around to, to – uh, get the magic. You know, if you don't get in, you don't experience it. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping that they can, especially this being probably Ben's last year. Tony? Oh, I agree. I agree. No, yeah. I mean, uh, what Shannon said, uh, he, he uh, that's a great point at the end. This is Ben's last year. Uh, presumably, uh, you want to, you want that guy to, I mean, he's obviously very, you, you see him lately, how he's, how he's acting. He's very, very annoyed, very emotional on <laughs> during games, very uh, getting in people's faces. Uh, he's wearing it on his sleeve. He knows that this is probably it for him, and he wants to go out in style. And what better way to than, than to get in the playoffs and 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 have that one last victory, or maybe two, or who knows, uh, in the postseason? And, and you know, maybe he's you know, if he gets in the playoffs, he's going to say, "Well, forget about my physical limitations. Forget about." all that stuff. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for broke. And, and this is my last ride. And I was going to just put it, put it all out there. So yeah. Uh, do it for Ben. So let's bring up Wes here. Might be a dumb question. I don't think it is. Cause I've read it and I brought it up, but is it better to have been an up and down team honest about who we are than an 11 and 0 team than imploding team, which she's talking about that 2020, uh, that 11 and 0 start. Um, yeah, this is this is definitely a true team. They know who they are, 
And this goes back to the identity and embracing their identity and who they are, that they're not going to do it pretty. They're going to do a blue collar. They're going to do it ugly. They're going to give everybody heart palpitations. But in the end, they <laughs> they will find a way to uh, have a chance to win that game. So, Shannon, I, I agree with Wes on that. What are your thoughts? Oh, um, yeah, last year was a little bit of an aberration. They they was never as good as the record suggested early in the year, and and it all just came crumbling down. And this year, I think, is you know, you said to start the show, we we kind of know what the Steelers are now, and they're going to have to win ugly. They're going to have to win this way. Uh, what I was hoping was going to happen is if you look at the Patriots this year, the Colts, now the Chiefs after their rough start, the teams that are that are got a little bit of luck on their health, they're well coached, and they're finding cohesion, and they're getting better each week. You know, the Colts look like they were done, and they started leaning on Taylor in that running game, and they've got such a strong line. Again, all the teams, it seems like that that are real contenders, they have strong offense and defensive lines. It's the foundation. And, you know, it just so happens that the Steelers is is uh, young and, and or injured. And uh, so, but, yeah, I, uh, I would definitely like to see him get in. Uh, and because I think it's uh, so important for the development uh, of these young guys who are the future and the foundation. So. So let me go back to yesterday's game one more time. And I, I kind of want to do this quickly. Mike Tomlin came out and said, hey, he was just concerned about stopping the, the uh, I almost <laughs> called them the Colts, stopping the Titans um, before halftime and not worried about uh, anything else. Do you, uh, you kind of believe that, guys? Do you, do you think that's a problem that you're not giving another coach a chance to intervene and jump in. I thought that was supposed to be Terrell Austin doing it. Um, Tony, what were your thoughts when he did not go for the timeout there and his explanation? You're talking about the end of the first half? Yes. Uh, I mean, just that offense was so, just so putrid in the first half. Maybe he just wanted to get off the field and regroup and, and, and try to like uh, make adjustments over the, what, 12, 13 minute halftime break. That's, uh, I, I didn't have a huge problem with it, honestly, because I, I didn't have much confidence that the offense was going to be able to do anything anyway. So uh, it didn't it didn't matter to me. I was I was just more worried about them uh, just getting into the locker room and and, and with a, what a ten point deficit. I uh, I thought it was mismanagement, and I'm usually not one to criticize Mike Tomlin. Um, he really mismanaged that half and that really could have cost them that team. I mean, them that game. Shannon, Coach Harbaugh, good old uh, Johnny boy up in Beemore, <laughs> he goes for it again at the end of the game and he is getting less flack for that than Mike Tomlin got for uh, not taking a timeout at the end of the first half, it seems. So, Shannon, I mean... Did he completely mismanage the situation? I think Tony's right in the fact that I think he just had no faith in the offense at that point. 
Uh, I, I don't think he didn't want to. I think he didn't want to say that in the press conference. You know, their offense was so atrocious that I had no faith they'd be able to do anything because he. One of his weaknesses, and I'm a, a Tomlin supporter. One of his weaknesses has been, as we know, challenge flags and time management. And as you said, they brought in Austin, who was going to help him with that. I assume that he made the decision not to call the timeout uh, because they would have had more time on the clock to get closer, you know, and I think that you never know how the situation is going to play out. If the defense is going to play that much prevent and line that far off and give them all them completions to let them get up to field goal range, but they probably would have, and they would have had more time um, to get a little closer, obviously. So, I think it was it to me as much as mismanagement. It showed a lack of faith in the in uh, being in the offense. But in his defense, they hadn't given him much to believe in up to that point. All right. So uh, speaking of Ben, Ben uh, did something that was really interesting in that game. He scores a rushing touchdown, and he puts his pants on. And uh, some people were were. Uh, <laughs> Suggesting that maybe he had some gastric distress, but I don't normally put pants on to do that. <laughs> um, and he he's caught in the tunnel, in on the steps, sitting there reflecting. When you saw that, and and there's a lot of people that don't even think that CBS should have shown that. But when you saw that, what were you thinking? Because I had something on my mind. So Tony, let me start with you. I, I I didn't get to see a whole lot of the the the, the, the non parts of the game yesterday because I, I was working, but uh, was that at the halftime or at the end of the game? No, it was around. It was when Ben scored the rushing touchdown in the third quarter. I believe it was the third I don't, quarter. I, I don't. I, I Shannon I, I, second. I don't. I don't know what. No, no. Was. It was. It was the he he dove for. He did the quarterback sneak twice. Yeah, and he come out. And he was kind of, you know, how Ben does, you know, if he gets hit like that, he doesn't like necessarily to do it, but he called the sneaks, they said. And, but I thought that the reason he, because he was trying to collect himself a little bit, was the was the impression I had. Uh, because I think he, he was a little bit rattled uh, when he didn't give it to him the first time. And then when he was coming off the field, you know, you said he put his, sweatpants on and it went down and I thought he was trying to gain his composure. Uh, and I think, it, you know, maybe an emotional moment as well, you know, where he's at in his towards the end of his career. I, I kind of thought it was an emotional, emotional moment to reflect as well. Jeff mm -hmm. said that he thought maybe he was going to be checking on Fryermuth who Fryermuth got cracked. He, uh, mm -hmm. he was, he was out on his feet because the second time put him down. But the second hit put him down, but the first hit concussed him, and I think he was out. So that's something you got to look at. I've, uh, um, so he, he, I know he has a very good rapport with Pat Fryermuth, uh, as well. So maybe he was checking on him, but there was some reflection. There is a, I thought it was a beautiful moment watching, watching the man in there reflecting. And, uh, so I, I thought it was, it could be an iconic picture. So as far as Pat Fryermuth goes, uh, man, we, um, no one, you know, says he might've gone to say a little prayer for Muth. 
Michael O'Malley says two concussions in two weeks. Yeah, that's something you've got to worry about as well. Um, but we've come to the end of the show, and I want to thank all of you here. I want to thank everybody in the live chat. We've had kind of a somber day for a Steeler win. And look, I'm with all the warts, I've got a date to the prom and they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and that's that's all I'm thinking about right now. And I don't care how ugly she is right now. We're going to dance. And we're going to continue to dance and get further and further. And who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe just maybe, we win that dance contest. You, you never know. So with that being said, I want to take a second out to ask you to check out all of the Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts. Um, we're coming up on Christmas week. We have Merry Steeler Memories. Everybody on the website has uh, been, every podcaster has been putting one out and they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, it shows the human side of a lot of the podcasters. So please check all of those out. I think they're really good. Uh, another thing I want to say is we've got over 122 just watching this show live. And I say this a lot and I can't say it enough. Man, I'm looking at these names and I'm just looking at the names in front of me right now. No one you know. Tyler W., Clarence Washington, Jerry Cherryband, Michael O'Malley, Felicia Bellard, Tyler W., I've got to say this, Brian Brown, George Teston. I know Wes is in the live chat. Kathy's in the live chat. We cannot do this show without you. And you're a part of our Steeler family and God bless it. We love you. And thank you so much. Paul Scherf's in from Loretto. That's not too far from me. St. Francis is in, in Loretto. Awesome. So I want to say to all of you on Christmas day, I'm going to be thinking of all of you and I hope you have a beautiful Christmas with whoever you spend the time with. And I hope it's a time of great reflection. And if you're having a rough time this whole holiday season, hit us up on Twitter, hit me up on Twitter and, uh, and just say hi, because I tell you what, we can't do the show with you. We don't want to do the show without you and God bless you. You're awesome. So thank you. So we want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. Mm -hmm. Tony and Shannon, uh, Tony and I have been riding this train for a long time together. Shannon is new to the show, but I got to tell you, he's he's one of the family too, and I love having you around, Shannon. And Tony, you're my bro too, and you know how I feel. So I want to say Merry Christmas to you fellas, and thank you for all that you do. Merry Any Christmas final to thoughts, you, Brian, man. Uh, Merry Christmas to both you, uh, Brian and Shannon, everybody, every, everybody in the live chat. I, I hope everybody has a special holiday season. Yeah, we've got hey. Reginald Rivers in here, uh, Mark Lake, Jay Wynn, one twenty two, Robert Barassa from Rhode Island. Awesome. Uh, love you guys. It's been a blast. I look forward to it each week. Love my Stillers. Love everybody that supports us and follows us. And uh, Merry Christmas and God bless all of you. All right, so you've got to do four things for us. You've got to stay safe, be true to yourself, always be behind the steel curtain, and have a wonderful holiday, however you celebrate it. So for Shannon White and Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You could call me bad. And just when you think you've got all of the answers, we Tony keep changing Davis. the questions. Shannon W. 
Jonathan Alejandro, I'm shouting out to you, my man, too. Merry Christmas, my friends. We love you. We will see you next week, hopefully after a great win over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my Christmas wish. We'll see you all. God bless. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.